0: Jimmy, Jimmy Carraine, Jimmy Carraine's a nerd. Jimmy Carraine's an improv nerd. Jimmy Carraine's a nerd. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Carraine, Jimmy, Jimmy Carraine's Jimmy, Jimmy a nerd. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy an improv nerd.
1: Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Crane, and you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd, sponsored by, are you ready, the good people at Hotel Lincoln. The next time you find yourself here in Chicago, the city of Chicago, the city of broad shoulders, the windy city, the toddling town, and you're looking for a hotel, not any sort of hotel, a boutique hotel that's really kitschy and cool and has recently been remodeled, a super renovation job, That's not only improviser-friendly, it's pet-friendly as well. It's in a great neighborhood, Lincoln Park, and it's close to everything. It's just right around the corner from Second City. Check out Hotel Lincoln. It's the official hotel of improv nerd. Our guest today is Bill Arnett. He's originally from the great state of Florida. He is a well-respected improviser and teacher and writer at I.O. Chicago. He's played with the legendary Herald team, People of Earth, And he currently plays with an amazing group of people, some of the best improvisers in Chicago, 3033. We got to talk to Bill about growing up in Florida, playing with 3033, and while he's taking a break from his super popular blog. Uh, I can relate to to Bill. Uh, We both struggle with self-esteem. And in one part of this interview, it gets a little dark. It gets a little down because we talk about that. Uh, And I just want to give Bill a lot of credit for coming on and being really honest about that, because I think it's very helpful. Now, before we get to the interview with Bill, I I want to share something with you that just happened to me in an audition. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, chances are you're in comedy, which means you audition a lot. And let's hope you're auditioning a lot more than you're getting high during the day. And I mean that sincerely. And I've talked about this before. I'm an actor here in Chicago. So when a TV show or a movie comes to town, sometimes I get an opportunity to audition for a small part. And right now, it's crazy. There's like four network television shows being filmed here and a pilot. Dick Wolf is in town from Law & Order, and he's doing a show based on the Chicago Police Department. Now, my agent got me an audition for a small part for that pilot. It was like five lines, and it was like a gruff cop or an angry cop. And I say angry, but I always make the cho- choice, no matter what script I get, to make it angry. So that's why I've never gotten any national commercials. And they're really incidental parts. I mean, they don't even have names. It should be just like, you know, jerky cop number three. And all you're really doing in these parts, because I've done a couple before, is you're just spewing information to forward the story. So I get this idea, I don't know what, why, what I was thinking, but I get this idea like I'm Bob De Niro or something, like I'm a method actor, and I'm gonna go in character. I'm gonna go right into the audition and I'm gonna already be in character, which means when I enter that room and the director and the producer and the casting director and the writers are all sitting in the couch and they wanna do small talk, I don't do it. Why? Because I'm in character, and you know what? Jerky cop number three wouldn't make small talk. So I just go right into the scene. And I do a good job. I actually do a very good job. But the response I get was like, thank you. And I leave. The whole thing lasts 90 seconds. And I'm like, oh, my God, what just happened? And I'm bummed out. But I'm not bummed out because I did a bad job at the audition. I did a good job at the audition. I'm bummed out the reaction I got from the director. So the next day, I get this phone call from my agent. And my agent's like, Jimmy, I just wanted to pass on uh, some feedback we got from the casting agent from your audition yesterday. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, they really liked your audition, but they thought you were a jerk. Why didn't you make small talk when you came into the room? And I said, because I was in character. And there was a part of me that thought, well, I did such a good job that I didn't get the part. And then there was the other part of me that felt like I had done something wrong. So I got off the phone with my agent, and I started to make other phone calls. I was smart enough to call a couple on-camera coaches that I've worked with, and my friend Charlie Finn out in Los Angeles, who's a very successful actor. And they all said the same thing, and I'm just going to boil it down for you. And they said, don't go in in character, because they the casting people and the directors and the producers don't get to see an opportunity of you acting and the other thing is you don't want them to have even the slightest doubt that you might be a nut job or a jerk because when they're doing a TV show or a movie the last thing they want to do is have to deal with some jerk or nut job because there's a lot of pressure on them it's a very tight schedule and there's a lot of money and then they said something to to me they said it's a very small adjustment which I intellectually get, emotionally, I'm not there yet. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Bill Arnett. Bill is like a professor when it comes to improvisation. He's very methodical about his approach, he's very thoughtful, and he's also very honest. Please enjoy this episode, which we titled The Bill Arnett Episode.
0: A nerd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd.
1: Thank you all. Thanks Thank for, you so much for being on the well, show. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's no great. problem. Um, you said you were shy and dorky uh, when you were a As kid. As a kid, yeah. As a kid. Yeah. You've grown, you've grown out of that.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, sure. Now,
0: do you, <laughs> accept,
2: do you accept your dorkiness? I, I do. Yes. Well, you know, uh, there was something on, on the radio about, um, about uh, in, in today's modern medicine and whatnot, oh, we, you know, we've invented a pill that cures shyness. You know, or something. But is shyness a disease? Is that a problem? You know, or should we own shyness and say like, you know, being shy—that's gonna, there's going to be things about you that there may be some pluses that we just don't realize yet. You're a good observer, perhaps.
1: That—that's what they're saying
2: about shyness. That's what I'm saying. That's what okay. I'm saying okay. about shyness. Okay, I'm defending the dorkiness, defending the the, the nerdiness, and saying it's not. It, why do we think of shyness as always bad?
1: I've always thought, because I grew up as a shy kid, I always thought shyness was bad, and I always tried to overcome it. Yeah. You know, you, you seem like you're comfortable with it. Yeah, for most took a
2: while, but mostly. What got you <laughs> to get comfortable with it? Uh, sick of feeling resentful for being shy. Like, why is the world telling me I should hate myself for being shy? Why should I be trying to fix this thing instead of embracing it?
1: I have a lot more <laughs> to work to do in therapy. I can tell you that right now, because uh, you were into like dungeons. I mean, you were really dorky. You were into Dungeons and Dragons uh, and, and made model airplanes. Yes. Uh, now, my question is, what was your sense of humor back then? Um,
2: I, I always had a strong sense of humor. Uh, I loved joke books as, as a kid, and and uh, I was as a very young age, and, and thought it was liked being clever and liked. Uh, you know SNL at the time And when PBS would show Faulty Towers Or you know Monty Python and things I thought that was really funny um, uh, uh, I was not a clown I'll never be a clown And that's fine I'm okay with that too uh, I shouldn't Again I shouldn't want to be a clown uh, But um, Yeah More more thinkier More thinky stuff More thinkers
1: Now When you're 13 yeah. Your
2: dad dies That's correct how, how does
1: things change after that?
2: Uh Yeah, it was very sad. Not going to lie. We had had a a nice family and a good growing up. And if I could just get political briefly, uh, uh, thanks to a strong social safety net, we didn't have to sell the house. You know? Because you can be a hard worker, but then my dad was a very hard worker. He had... Several of his own businesses he started. Uh, uh, we, in fact, we didn't. In fact, I would have been nice to see him more. He was such a hard worker. But then tragedies happen to everybody, you know. Uh, so we were, were very fortunate that uh, uh, we had some things put away and whatnot. So that was comfortable. And you're probably going more in terms of less our financial situation, but more in terms of our emotional. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, what about yeah. how was that? Because that had to be hard. Is a thirteen-year-old boy losing his father.
2: It was very hard, and, and it, it, in ways that I didn't really understand until much later in life. I think I got stuck at 13. for. I was always a late bloomer, and it's like I got stuck at 13, like, through college. You know, I'm like a sophomore in college, and at a party, it's like, beer? You know, it's like, uh, uh you know. Uh, uh, you're in college, man. You shouldn't be afraid of those things. You shouldn't be... It, it took me a long time to become an adult, I think, because... Perhaps I lost you know male role the person who says hey it's okay you know the person who gives you your first beer is is not there you know so I, I got stunted a little bit in that regard so
1: you didn't have a, a role
2: you, yeah. a role model someone showing you what to do or giving giving you permission to, to do things you know permission to be an adult permission to think the way you think and and, and learn to shave learn to drive you know, all, all these things that um, that I think your parents do kind of accidentally you, 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 your parents are your only You know, I never thought of my father as my male role model but he's the one who gave me that's how an adult acts that's what an adult does you watch your father, you watch your parents say that, that's what an adult does uh, were
1: you angry about it? I, I, my reaction would have been anger that something was taken away from me
2: no, I was too, I was too much of a coward to really feel angry I guess <laughs> to blame somebody else or something else—it just it was just really depressing. It's depressing and sad.
1: Um, and then you go to the University of Florida. Yeah. You major in electrical engineering. Yes. And because of some weird mix-up with a guidance counselor, uh, you have to take an improvisational class called Social Politics in the Theater.
2: Yes. Uh, in uh, what 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 do you do in that class? Well, in To fix the the story, but to go back a little bit, in high school, uh, there's a a program called the Florida Academic Scholarship. If you meet certain benchmarks and you go to an in-state school, you get, you know, two grand a semester or something like that. But you had to to take four years of English. You had to, to, like, take college prep kind of courses. And one of them was uh, uh, some kind of active fine art. And I was going to take pottery my senior year. I was going to take pottery. And my counselor is like, "No, you're, you got it." I went through the numbers. You're cool, you know. I go, "Study hall, awesome." I was, I'm very lazy. Per- I want to get out of things. <laughs> I've been much of my life trying to figure out how to get around things. But
1: don't you think most improvisers? Have, want to get out of things And that's yeah. what
2: draws us to improvisation Probably so, exactly yeah. uh, Avoiding making tough decisions or, or yes. Doing any work but Exactly, <laughs> doing any work yeah. uh, 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 and, and look Look how it turned out for me yeah. Beautifully yeah. Yeah. So I show up, I actually this is talk about embarrassing You might appreciate this At the end of the year, there's a big high school uh, Invite, a uh, large high school uh, 500 in my graduating class Invite only awards uh, presentation, and they have all these like you know Rhodes Scholars, not Rhodes Scholar, but they have some very you know, someone's going to West Point, and they have got the whole rigmarole there and the band, you know, all these things to give out all the awards. And the, and the, I think the whole time I'm waiting to get my award, I never got anything. And at the end, they say, "And let's finally honor our Florida academic scholars. If you guys want to stand up." And they read the names, and they didn't read my name. And that should have been a signal to me that maybe my counselor screwed up. <laughs> but I'm sitting there like. Why did I come? Did they invite-only awards make I didn't get anything, and I was so embarrassed, mortified, mortified. So what did you do after that?
1: Well, I, I would have gone home and just gone to bed. Yeah, tried to take my uh, life, hide yeah. under some pillows. You
2: know, like yeah. it was. Like, uh, uh, it was for, didn't have, I didn't have a pile of coats to hide under in Florida. Right, so, it's warmer uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just devastating. So
1: then, how? Then what? So, so you're in this. You're in this. Assembly, they don't
2: acknowledge your yeah. thing,
1: and then do you go home to your mom and say, "What's going on?"
2: Or did you go to the counselor? Well, we, we again, I'm mostly a coward and mostly like, well, yeah, yeah. I probably screwed something up or something. We, we just assume that it was fine, uh, and then when I get when I get to college, they're like, "Oh no, you didn't, you didn't take a performing, you didn't take a pottery, you don't deserve your two grand a semester because you didn't take pottery." Uh, so we're freaking out. My mom makes an angry phone call to the, to, the, to the, you know, the people, da 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 da, and they say, "Fine, you have to take a performing fine art your first semester," and they don't have college pottery, you know. It's not <laughs> like you can't pick that one up. So the, the class that was available was this uh, improvisation for social and political issues. Yes. And what do you,
1: what do you, what that what do you do in that class?
2: Avoid social and political issues. And instead it was mostly sketch at the time. And it was like, guys, we got come on now. We're doing a show at the dorms. We need some social we need some. We need that date rape scene. And like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh We wrote a bunch of funny scenes. Well, we can do we can do some funny scenes. What we need you know, so it was mostly trying to keep the morality hammer locked away. Uh, but it would show up, and we would have to do scenes about alcoholism and things. That was,
1: and then while you're there, you join the campus improv group. Yeah, Theater and, Strike Force. Uh, and then you go down to Austin and you take this long form workshop with Amy Poehler. Now that's the first time you're ex- you're exposed to long, you know, Chicago style long form. Yeah. What happened
2: in that workshop, and what changes? Um, you
0: know,
2: we had been as anybody who's learning improv not in one of the major cities, you're, you're kind of cobbling together books and things and stories. This is pre-internet. Uh, uh, well, pre-internet as we know it. Uh, so this was the first time we got to work with somebody who's like been doing it for a long time semi-professionally. This is right before UCB moved to New York. Uh, so to have someone who is Sure of themselves, <laughs> and that constantly, you know, uh, uh, really knows what's going on. It really made an impression on us. And, and me and a c- couple of my buddies, uh, just you, you quickly realize that we go to festivals that the best, the best groups are from Chicago, and the best people were from Chicago. The coolest, most interesting people as well. Uh, so we be like, "This is where we have to go."
1: And then you come here to Chicago, yeah. because of
2: that, be- mostly yeah.
1: And then you get you start a day job. What, what was
2: your day job when you came in? Temping. temping. Okay. Temping. Uh, Were you a uh, good temp? Y- yes, for a while. And then what uh, happened? Uh, <laughs> I, I was mostly a good temp. but uh, the, and This is the, maybe the bravest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, uh, if anyone's temping, what they do is when you first start temping, I went in and said, look, lady give me i'll stuff envelopes and they're like okay nine bucks an hour sound good i'm like well, what nine bucks an hour stuffing envelopes that sounds amazing selling myself short immediately, you know not knowing that i could get 14 because i i know i know word price i know word i know excel but i'm just like oh thanks lady nine bucks an hour stuffing envelopes and i you know after a year i realized like wait a minute i'm being undercut and and I would tell them I think I I, you know, I know word in Excel like, yeah yeah whatever you're you're our envelope stuffer, so once if anyone's ever temping they actually have color coded envelopes with your information in them like a file, and if you're green well you're going to stay green and green's the envelope stuffers, and if you're going to get yellow or purple you have to change temp companies, so I called they 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 said I oh, have a job for you as a receptionist uh, you have to have a suit coat. And it pays nine bucks an hour. And at this time, this is ridiculous. I I deserve more. And I said I would do it because I'm a coward. And then the the morning of the job, I called and said I'm not coming in. And that for me, that was, like, amazing to tell somebody no. Now,
1: you you say that you were a coward. Do you still feel that you're a coward?
2: Yeah, mostly. If you catch me off guard, I'm a coward. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh You know, uh, I like to think I'm cool and tough. But if you catch me off guard, I'm I'm pretty much a coward. Uh, and again, I can say that's a bad thing, or I can say, well, you know, maybe there's a positive thing about it. I
1: that, think maybe. it's refreshing because I think anytime <laughs> you can no, you can admit, you know, like I'm totally afraid. I'm afraid yeah. doing the show. I'm you yeah. know, uh, I think anytime you can admit it, it's it's great. Yeah. You know, you said something too that I thought was that, that was interesting. Is um, that you? Ha- You're you're known as a very good improviser, but you said you haven't reached for the stars as boldly as you could have. And you, like myself, we've been here for a long time, and we've seen people go on to New York and L.A. and be on TV and film and stuff like that. Had you been bolder, where do you think your career would be?
2: Had I been bolder, I, I I wouldn't be me. I am shy, and I am a bit of a coward. And if those are problems, well then I need to overcome them, but it's in my nature. You know, I, I need to. Uh, uh, I mean, I understand. That. I think. I think if, 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 if you know, I got to audition for 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 Laura Michaels a few years ago and for, what, Saturday, Night Night That's for Saturday Night Live at the call. That's Saturday Night Live, and he was in, in, in the building, which was nice. Uh, but I mean, it was. I was so nervous; it destroyed me. You know, and and at what point do I say, this is going against my meat? You know, my my. Why should I be trying so hard to do something that if I got. I would blow my brains out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 I, couldn't, I couldn't handle the pressure. You know, I, I need to find the thing I'm good at. I, I'm, I like teaching, and I like writing about improv. I like doing those things. And, and I think... <laughs> I, I need to, to... Rather than going after the things I'm bad at, I need to accentuate and, and harness the things I'm good at. You know, leverage my, my positives rather than work on my negatives. You know, salespeople... Are are douchebags, but you don't see them saying, "You're right. I really need to be less of a douchebag." They say, "No, it makes me a good salesman.
0: You know, I can
2: tell, I can lie to people right to their face. It's easy. You know, they don't see their negatives as negative. They don't care. They dismiss them. So,
1: so getting in touch with, uh, the, be, feeling that you're a coward, feeling that you're a nerd, stuff like that. How can you? Um, how can you embrace that to use it for comedy and improv? Or how have you been able to? uh,
2: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) There are situations where I think maybe I should have applied myself a little bit more. Give me an example. (laughs) Give
1: me an example.
2: I don't have a writing packet, and Mm -hmm. I really should. A writing packet is is
1: if you want to get a writing job on, like, Conan or a sitcom. Or anything. Or anyone
2: anyone blows me Hey, that was a great show. Mm -hmm. I produced this thing. Here's a writing. It's your calling card.
1: What's prevented you from doing a writing packet?
2: I think that's lazy. Okay. And it might be fear that I send something and someone reads it and thinks it's terrible and laughs at it. And someone's Mm -hmm. sitting in their hotel room, you know, calling up their friends about this terrible sketch that I wrote, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Are you more afraid of success Or failure, I
2: love it. Uh, uh, Because I can tell you what I am, perhaps success, in in a weird sort of way. Uh, When you're already a coward and already kind of beating yourselves up, and and by the way, I don't want to be that tortured artist kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't, I I don't want, you know. Oh, he's so aloof, or you know, it's like, no, I I really am easily frightened. Very easily, sneak up behind me, and I will jump out of my skin. I'm very easily frightened. I expect failure to a degree, to a small degree. I'm not morose at all, but I do expect it a little bit. So in some ways, I'm more comfortable with things mm-hmm. <laughs> being as they are, uh, uh, and success implies a great change. You know, Your life is different after success, and I'm not sure if I want <laughs> always want that. You know?
1: Yeah, I can relate. Okay. I can relate to it. <laughs> I certainly can. Um, I'm very comfortable with fear. Okay. Very, very comfortable with fear. Okay. Success scares the hell out of me, and the closer I get to success, the more fear I feel. Yeah. And the more self-loathing I feel. Yeah. You know, like the closer I get to anything successful, I feel like I'm, I'm going to die. Like I want to kill myself. Yeah. You know. You you have the same. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I'm. I, I. For a long time. I. And, and still. Uh, Try to keep an improv blog that I really enjoy doing, which is great, by the way. Thank you very much. I, I enjoy doing it. And I, I do put a lot of effort in that, and I really enjoy doing it. I've been doing it now for about five years. It's been on hold for about a year or so because I'm trying to put stuff together for for an improv book, uh, uh, and hopefully, you know, try to, uh, you know, you know let's say fix them. There aren't that many improv books. There really aren't that. You have one, and, and and there's a few out there, but there aren't that many. And, and I really think I can do that. Um, uh, but, but in some ways I'm afraid of like of doing it and I have to make myself do it and I know it's good I know it's right and you know uh, people enjoy my blog and people come up to me and talk about it and why not and it's wonderful so wh- why, why should I be and now that's an example of me saying no that's, that's a bad fear that's not that's not a fear of, of that's a bad part of your personality is being afraid to, to finish writing that thing and getting it done and it's, it's very close to being done it should be done next year sometime but uh, uh, are you
1: because af- I have this are you afraid to, of getting bigger and being exposed and I being do, like I you wrote a book now you're the I dream about it
2: okay. I, I, I like daydream about like oh yeah like th- and this this is so terrible and, and very personal but like this is, is are people enjoying this I it's like a therapy session <laughs> uh, 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 I didn't have a therapy. Uh, uh, I do homes. not uncover. I, I don't do insurance, but okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I just don't want to do the paper. But you know, do, do I think other I people daydream about success and, and succeeding and whatnot? But then, when it comes down to actually pulling the trigger, I have a hard time doing it sometimes. But but th- those are th- those are faults. Those are faults I need to fix. Those aren't faults to embrace. Uh, 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 the, the fear that keeps you from doing what you have to. Do. You know, when my father died, the fear of growing up was a bad fear. The fear of like, I, I shouldn't be afraid of girls anymore. I'm in college. You know what I'm saying? I I, I I shouldn't be afraid of beer. You know, I don't like beer, but I shouldn't I shouldn't be afraid of beer. You know, uh, and I'm over that now. I'm past those things now. But th- those were those were bad fears. Those are those are non-constructive fears. But the fact that if someone comes up behind me and startles me and I get scared... It's like, well, I can't... I'm going to fix that. How am I going to fix that? (laughs) Right. You know, I don't know... And I shouldn't say... I shouldn't beat myself up for being an easy startle. Right. And I don't think that's a... And I don't think... I'm literally like, I'm worried that someone is hearing this and being, ha, ha, ha. Right.
1: I'm going to sneak around. Right. And I don't think the fear of being startled is... uh, That's not a fear you want to have fixed, you know?
2: Okay, sure. Okay, yeah. You you don't... Yeah, no I agree yeah yeah it's a self-defense I mean it's like you know if the, the world explodes tomorrow and we're like you know society falls apart then being aware and easily startled could be a good thing
1: yes all right I think it's a good place to, to improvise now okay don't you sure I mean because sure. we've covered it all <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna improvise for you now
2: and what would you like to start with uh, did, did anything that, that we talked about strike anybody? Any word or phrase strike anybody as interesting? Startled.
1: Startled? Okay. Okay. Okay, great.
2: What? What? You're here? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I was gonna take my pants off, dude. I thought you weren't here. I was. I was. I was, just, I was.
1: I stayed down there. Like, why a... would you do that? Wait, because. <laughs> why would you? Do... Because, man. They're like, nothing safe anymore, huh? Yeah, I went to get some bread. Yeah. You know, and I went to the counter, and the guy's like, he was like. Do you have money? And I'm like, no, I don't have money. i got the fuck out of there.
2: <laughs> that, that sounds like a typical transaction. No, it Did wasn't. You have money? It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> so, okay. The so you guy, had to, I didn't explain. So you had to hide. You had to hide. I had to hide, yes. Because
1: <laughs> they could be following us.
2: Who? 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 The break guy?
1: <laughs> shut up. Will you just shut up? don't say it you don't know is this we're talking about Dominic's we're at Dominic's yes we're talking about Dominic's but don't use that word because who knows if if, if something fell on me and I'm we're being hurt
2: Mike somewhere someone, yeah, someone uh, uh, the, the guy at Dominic's dropped a microphone on you and now listening to this conversation and
1: that's exactly
2: what I'm trying to say that's he is using this to what what is he getting at? why would he do that what can he gain? Oh. To get back at me.
0: <laughs>
2: you, that just, this just begs more questions, okay? <laughs> for what? For what? For what? For, for existing. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to wipe people out. Rich? Rich? Okay, sure. Fine. Awesome. Can we go about our evening? Sure, Sure. okay. Hey, you were hiding. You're making fun
1: of me. You're making fun (laughs) of me, (laughs) Phil. You're making fun of me. Now, I can fight in you, and all you do is make fun of me. I'm going to check to see if there's a microphone in my Right. (laughs) 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 What? Did you find any... You find I haven't yet, okay? They're really small. They're tiny. They're, they're almost like um, tinsel on a Christmas tree. They get in your skin and you don't know. <laughs> why do you have to do this? Why, why do you have to do this to me? You Honestly, like, you,
2: why do you have to do this to me? I didn't know. I came home. I came home. I had a date tonight. Don't you want to hear about my date tonight? Sure. <laughs> I had a date tonight. Okay. I came home. And my buddy's hiding. Okay. And you crossed a line, dude. You crossed... When, you, when, when microphones get under your skin, that's like... That's a line. That's a crazy
1: line, okay? <laughs>
2: that's, that's just... Oh, you,
1: I'm you're sorry? saying I'm crazy.
0: No, I'm just... You're
1: saying I'm crazy, Phil. Say it, just, just say I'm crazy, Phil. Saying
2: microphones get under, get under your skin is crazy. Well, cool. there's not... That, okay. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. That's crazy You're saying I'm crazy. Just say I'm crazy, Phil. Don't talk around it. Okay? Because I can admit... You're not crazy. You're a saint. I wouldn't agree to be. Oh, now you your fucking paid. No, no, no. no. I don't <laughs> have time for this. I don't have time for this. Rich, you're a sane man. You're a saint. I wouldn't agree to be oh. roommates with you. Now you're paid I'm not. Oh, good for you, Phil. Really not, good. Good I'm for not- you. Good for you. Because
1: when Dominic's the Dominic's police come in here and they take off. Us- <laughs> Okay, to the Dominic's police station and they take us to another fucking foreign country and we have to work there making bread for like not even like eight cents a loaf or whatever it is okay we don't have clothes we don't have anything and you and you are you're gonna you're gonna go there with me
2: I, w- I, I promise you I will if the Dominic's police show up, uh, okay. So you don't, you don't even take it you don't even, take it. I pro- you don't even take it seriously. You don't even take it seriously. You know what? You don't even take it seriously. I take it seriously. I got kissed tonight. I she kissed me. Okay, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So you <laughs> know where I'm at. Okay? okay. I'm getting a second date. I'm getting a second date. So like, let's let's roll See? reverse. Let's roll reverse. Okay. You you get a second date. All right. And then you come in humming to yourself. And your, your, your roommate of the last three and a half years is hiding from the Dominic's police.
0: <laughs>
2: okay? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. You know, you're selfish.
0: Hmm?
1: You're really, really selfish. I'm a great roommate. I've been a great roommate yes. for three and a half years. You yeah,
2: have? Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. And I'm going through a crisis, and you have to bring your good news into the house.
0: <laughs> no. no. I'm crazy. You're not
2: crazy crazy room Rich, Rich, you're not crazy. You're not crazy, Rich. You're not crazy.
1: You're not crazy. I, you, look, you, just, I wouldn't. you made fun of me, all right, with the. Roof and the roof, okay? It's a little. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little,
2: okay. I'm just probably going to go to bed. Okay, You know what, let's, 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 we didn't get dinner. I'm going to say that right now. We went out for drinks, pre-dinner drinks, was having such a great time, we didn't even get dinner and just say to that bar, let's order a pizza, my treat, okay? We'll watch some Discovery Channel or whatever. You call it, you name it, man. You're obviously flustered, <laughs> be it, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about reasonable or unreasonable cause later, but right now, you're in this emotional place, let's. Let's deal with that. <laughs> Let, let's watch a movie, order a pizza. Is that cool? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thanks. Excellent. Great. Usual? Yeah. Sausage? Usual. Mm-hmm. Where
1: are you calling from? Hmm? Don't use that phone. The landline. <laughs> use the landline. Use the cell phone.
0: <laughs> myself <laughs> yourself. Oh yourself
1: my wait 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 what dominoes are you calling um, western the one we always call from
2: yeah I think it'll be fine <laughs> I think it'll be fine I'll tell you what if they ask me who my roommate is I'll hang up how about that that's
0: a great idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the one we call all the time they know it's there Hey Diane. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just need you usual... Get off the phone.
1: Get off the phone. What? Thank you. What? Diane. We were, Diane and I were supposed to go on a date
0: tonight.
1: <laughs> what? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> yes. Oh, what? Diane from Domino's.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why did you tell
1: me about this? This is
0: awesome.
2: You just got on a date with the Domino's yes, girl. Yes. Yes. And now you're telling me the day that you stand her up.
1: Well, by the way... No, 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 no. We were supposed to go, and then that thing happened at the Dominics. Yeah. Okay, I was supposed to meet her after work. Yeah. But if you call now, then we're totally... I'm totally screwed.
2: She doesn't know you're here with me. I don't know. Why don't you go on a date with her dude? I think this will be great. No, I can't. Let's make it two for two. Let's make... Come on. five sixteen West Ryan two for two. I know you're trying trying to cheer me up, man. I know you're trying to cheer me up. But I'm... I'm trying to keep myself cheered up. That's what I'm doing. Che- don't get me wrong. I'm happy. Okay, I want to stay here, happy. Here's, here's the thing. I want to stay happy.
1: Okay. I haven't dated in like six years.
2: Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you want I'm, a double? You want a double? You do that for me? Yeah, yeah. We'll go down there. We'll make it I'm at like a... What time does she get off? At like 11 or something? Yeah, she gets off at 11. Yeah. Okay. We'll just all hang out together
1: or something. Okay, we'll go after work at 11. Yeah. The, the four of us. Yeah.
2: Well, three of us. I, guess. I mean, The three of the, I just, you? I just had a date with with Darlene. I'm going to call her back and be like, we'll date again? Number yeah, two. It'd
1: be too, too. that'd be too soon. it would be way too soon. What, who am I giving you dating advice? I haven't dated in five years. I'm not saying I'm Casanova, all right? I'd okay, just, okay. Okay, that's what
2: we'll do. That's what we'll do. Fine, okay. okay all right. Yeah, yeah. Bert? Hi Bert. Yeah, I just actually called Diana earlier. Uh Uh-huh. We just yeah, we got we got disconnected from our our pizza order here. Oh she's not? Cool, okay. Well the
1: usual then. Where is she? Hmm? Where is she? I asked. Is
2: she is she there? (laughs) She's on delivery. Dude, there's two ways to think about this. What? She's either on a delivery somewhere, which is weird because she answered the phone, and that, that would be cause for nervousness. Mm-hmm. Or, where is she delivering?
1: Oh, yeah. Here. You're right. You are good. You are good. Okay.
2: I'm going to get... You get dressed, man. Get dressed.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know
2: what? Let's put on a show for those Dominic's microphones, okay?
0: Introv. <laughs> In parents.
2: <laughs> Alright. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. You, man. How do you think we did? I think we did all right. Okay. Okay. What's well, so I mean, of of that style? That okay. Was good. What kind of style
1: good. was that? Um. Uh.
2: Uh. uh relationship scene. Uh huh. Slice more slice of life relationship scene. Mm-hmm. Slice of all life. Right. Maybe not. General <laughs> public at large is life. Right. Uh, uh. That'd be a slice of life relationship scene. Hmm. You know, it, they weren't really any games we were playing. Maybe a few little ones here. Or right. There, but. but Eighty-five percent of our attention was towards maintaining our characters, Mm -hmm. as opposed to playing some external. Do you like to play that way, or do you like to? What's your favorite way to play? My my natural inclination is to play more game. Follow me, kind of initiation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like uh, uh, I'm going to come in with a strong idea Mm -hmm. uh, and and tell my partner follow me. Okay, you know I'm going to be the uh, uh, the annoying bank teller. You know what I'm saying, and I'm going to lay that out real quick, mm-hmm. and and let you get frustrated. Now, I, I, I I'm capable of playing relationship scenes, and I do enjoy relationship scenes. And I and, and knowing you, Jimmy, I thought yeah. I, 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 I figured that's how you would break, right? It's towards towards a relationship scene,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's fine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's style.
1: Um, I thought for me, like I I was. Uh I was pushing stuff a little hard and we could have explored more of the game aspect of that scene. Did which, you feel the same? same? Which game? I the, thought, well, I thought probably I should have, I felt I, I could have been heightening the Dominics and the paranoia. Certainly. So I, I think I backed off that a little. Um, and then then even when we went to and did the pizza thing, I'm like, well... She's on the phone, Diane. Why did I have to change that? Why didn't we just follow that out? So I felt—I think I was panicking a little, <laughs> or, or trying to create stuff that. Because I think we had a really strong relationship. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. It was just—it was—it was—it was finding. I, I wish we—I wish I would have jumped onto more of the game in the scene or the patterns. Uh, uh,
2: you, you know, no one told the audience to look for patterns. Right. Yeah, they don't—they don't, they don't know what those things are. Uh, 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 Every moment in the scene, if, if if we would have stayed on, you're paranoid, and more of the story of Dominic's and deeper into that, that would have been fine. That would have certainly been a frustration game where uh-huh. I'm getting frustrated, right. and I'm just like, in fact, I started. The majority of my dialogue up top was just, I'm frustrated. Slow down, right? Huh? At pulling questions, asking questions, asking right. questions. And by the way, I've seen more scenes ruined. By unasked questions and asked questions, mm-hmm. I want to go on record as saying that. So, if we were to tweak that
1: scene, the top of the scene, where where would you push me? It's style,
2: man. I, okay. uh, and again, I, I don't. I think mean, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm writing about uh, and talking about is like, yeah, we we could we could have gotten ten minutes just out of that Dominic stuff, mm-hmm. and that's fine. <clears throat> Artistically, do we want to do that? You know, well at
1: a point I was just getting I would get bored with the Dominics and want to move on yeah. isn't that really my instincts is
2: yeah it- all I'm trying to say is that like at some point and this happens when you're you know, teaching improv well, you probably hit this all the time at some point it's like you know you can say oh that scene was definitely better than that scene or that move was strong or that move was weak but at some point it's just like what do you think is funny? You know, I, I can't really. At some point, it gets hard to parse and say, we definitely should have stayed in figuring out Dominic's spy. You know, if we had told the audience we're going to play a very fast, high paced frustration games show. Then we should have stayed there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. But if we tell them we're just going to explore some things, you know, we're just going, you know, then then we you, probably shouldn't stay there.
1: You've said something interesting about improv. You say it's more like the game of battleship than it is like chess. Can you yeah.
2: explain? In mean, chess, both parties see the board. They know, you know, I know where your pieces are. You know where my pieces are. You know all my moves and vice versa. You know there is no. I may not know what you're going to do next, but if I've played you before, I may have some ideas what you're going to do next. Battleship starts with complete lack of knowledge. I don't know who you. Are. I have no idea where you're. Now, are. for me, I was not know battleship. It
1: was a game where there was. You, you, it yeah. was. Can you explain it?
2: <laughs> you have you have a, a little grid in front of you, and you can play it on paper too. Of like I don't know, fifteen squares by fifteen squares, maybe twenty squares by twenty squares, and you secretly put your little ships on these squares, and the ships take up two, three, or four squares. Uh, uh, and you can put them anywhere you want and you can't see where I put my right. ships. Right, so I would say B9 and then... And I would find that square and I would either say hit if you landed on one of my ships or I would say miss. Mm-hmm. You missed one of my and ships. And
1: the whole idea was to sink the battleship.
2: Sink the battleship, yeah. Right. to Sink all the ships but right. you don't know where they are. But once you start getting... And th- and that's just it. Is At the beginning of that scene I had no idea. I'm not going to lie. the very beginning of that scene I thought I was uh, a dry cleaner. Okay. I was, I was going to be an employee at a dry cleaner's. I'm just, just straight up. I promise. Okay. I saw you hiding, and I st- said to myself, "I don't. I have no idea what the scene's going to be. About zero idea at all. Just like Battleship. But I'm probably not a dry cleaner. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> B19 miss. Mm-hmm. Dry cleaner miss. You know, uh, uh, I'm probably not a dry cleaner. Uh, uh, so I'm going to be a guy. At first, I was like, just a guy, I'm going to be coming home from something. I took my hat off. You know, it's like, uh, 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 now we're getting some hits. And now you and I are both getting some hits. And now we're starting to see... Because once once you get a hit in Battleship, then you know, oh, well, that ship must be those adjacent squares. Those Mm -hmm. are also going to be hits, too. And you may miss, but once you start figuring out, once you get two or three in a row, it's like, oh, well, this next one's a gimme. I know I'm going to hit right now. Mm -hmm. And once we got to you being nervous about... Once it came out, you thought Dominic was spying on you. Right. I knew my next four lines are going to hit. Mm-hmm. Every single one is going to hit. Huh? Why would? What does Dominic want from you? How did they get a microphone on you? That, why would that guy leave his job? This is like, you know, I, I, got, I got my hits lined up. All my next lines are lined up. Uh, uh, I think people like to think that it's like chess. I think part of that is chess is a, a fancy game that smart people play. And we have <laughs> to compare my... Craft chess, uh, you know. It's like it's kind of <laughs> kind of arrogant of us. But it, it, it's what's going on in our brains is like Battleship. We d- we start the scene not knowing what's going on, but as more details are uh, are, are emerge, we learn things. Now our scene had little moments. We had to, we, we had a chunk about <coughs> Dominic's and a chunk about pizza. Mm-hmm. In the middle, I don't want to say we're misses like bad improv or misses, uh-huh. but they're just some misses. We didn't have our next thing yet, right? You know. It's a, rooms in a hallway. They're in a hallway, and hallway they are in the hallway, that's fine. But once you get on Dominoes, then we start getting some hits, and now right. we're on the aircraft carrier. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or now we're on whatever the next ship is. Um, we're going to
1: take some questions from the audience. Sure. So, Emily, if you could just uh, turn the lights up, great. Uh, we got one right here. How
3: uh, did thirty
1: thirty
2: three come about? Show them in now. Thirty thirty three. It's tonight at, at eleven. Uh, I was the, the actually the first Herald team I was on it was called People of Earth. We were together for about five years and we retired uh, uh, amicably and we decided after about a year to get a show back together and Sharna was open to it and wanted to, wanted it to happen. So we Sharna, the howling, founder of the yeah, I.O. Of the I.O. Theater and um, she asked us to come back and do a show so we decided to start doing it. And All the guys are were in town and another guy, another good friend of ours who was a, a, just about of our generation uh, put it together and, and we kind of picked up where, where people of Earth left off. Artistically, in terms of like what we were trying to do, and some of the things we were trying to do, and kind of pick it up there.
1: How is your play different from when you're the first team you were on, People of Earth? Now, as you're older, you have a kid, you're married. Yeah. How has that
2: changed? Just relaxed. It doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, you know when you start class, you know you've been to level one, and maybe you did you know four scenes a class for eight weeks. That's 32 scenes. Like each scene is one thirty second of your value, you know, of your worth. Uh, uh, but after you've done a million scenes, and each scene is only one one millionth of you know of your value as an improviser, uh, uh, or you feel that way, so it just gets easier and more comfortable and more at ease. What were your goals when you first started?
1: Because I know when I started, it was like you're going to be on Saturday Night Live, you're going to be hired by Second City. What were
2: your goals? When sure, you- those, but I didn't really believe them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a driven, not really driven in that regard. Uh, as as a lazy, wait and see kind of a person uh, just to get good I mean I, I knew if I'd get good things would happen for me you know and uh, uh, there was a show called Inside the Improviser Studio I'm sure yeah,
1: yeah. Craig, Craig yeah, was
2: right when I moved here and Inside the Actor Studio was popular at the time and he would interview improvisers and and you know people on main stage and or gone off to do, do amazing things and uh, and it seemed like everyone said, you know, Craig would ask, oh, so when did you get your first big break? When did you get on Tourco? When, when did you get this show?
1: Tourco is Second City.
2: Second or, City. Or, or when did you get this cool opportunity? Not necessarily SNL, but this first cool opportunity. And it seemed like the, the consensus answer was six years. It took six years before I got this cool job, this cool thing that opened this next door. Uh, so I kind of told myself, why stress for six years? You know, why worry about where I am or if this is succeeding I'll give it I'm right out of college I don't care I'll give it six years and at the end of that six years then I'll say have I had some cool opportunities you know have I found something I enjoy doing what did you learn by giving yourself that six years just to relax and not uh, uh, not compare myself to other people not worry so much about my own progress everyone's progress is is so so different I mean just it's it's we like to think that there is a, a well, first you get this job, and then you get Turco, and then you get this job, and then you're on main stage, and then you're on SNL. But it doesn't work like that. And in fact, few people actually have that go through. But we, we, we want there to be that. We want there to be – if you want to be an accountant, there's like a well-trodden path to becoming an accountant. But there's no well-trodden path to writing on SNL.
1: Why do you think – because to me that's the myth. That's like the yes. imp, imp, improviser's myth. Yes. Why do we want to hold on
2: to that? It gives us something to do. It gives us a, a journey. It gives us a goal. I, 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 I'm I'm not one who makes goals. Like I don't sit down and say, "Well, in 10 years, I want to be here." And here are my sub goals. And that might be laziness, but in a way, it's provided me a lot of flexibility. And being upset and not achieving things I decided to achieve 10 years ago, like when you turn when I turned 30, I was a little bit disappointed until I realized that. The only time I really thought about what it would like to be 30... What were you
1: disappointed about, turning 30? Well, that's 30?
2: Just it. Well, that, no, it, it was, I didn't decide what 30 would be like until I was, when I was 15, I decided what 30, oh man, when I'm 30, I want to have kids who are in college. You know, it's like, you make unreasonable, it's like, I, I, I should have decided what 30 would be like when I was 29, because then I wouldn't be upset. But I decided what 30 would be like when I was 15. So of course I'm going to be upset because an idiot made that decision for me. You know? <laughs> so in, in the same kind of way, you know, when, when people put too much pressure on themselves or trying to think too far in the future, it's like, don't. That's, that's fool. You will, you will be disappointed uh, uh, because the person making that choice, the person making that decision is not the same person who's going to be receiving that you know, good thing in six years or whatever. Uh, So we're
1: going to take some more questions. Yeah. Great. One right here.
3: Hi, Bill. Uh, Yeah. I had a a question about the scene that that you did. So uh, at the beginning, uh, Jimmy was sort of the crazy one, uh, more the absurd one. You were, uh, there was a point, though, where you were going to pick up the phone and call Domino's, and you made the promise that if Diane on the phone uh, were to uh, ask if you had a roommate, you'd immediately hang up. And um, I, mean, Jimmy, uh, kind of like uh, jumped on jumped on the next offer pretty quickly. But uh, were you at all inclined to confirm his fears
2: and hang the phone up? <clears throat> uh, yes, it, there's a piece of me that was thinking that uh, uh, um, I had been playing against the the entire scene, with and against. There's only two choices. Explain,
1: explain oh, playing against the scene. Uh,
2: uh, this guy's. I'm I'm unhappy with this guy's behavior. in life. You're sitting at your office, you hear a knock on your door, you turn around and you see somebody. What's the first thought you have? It's not even what does this person want. It's, oh good, so and so, or oh nuts, that person. And that's your first instinct you have. Uh, and, and, it, it's, and it's usually... I don't say correct, but the first thing I chose is to play against. I am not happy with this person's behavior. This person is not a behavior I enjoy. Uh, so I'm probably going to stick with that as the thing goes on. Now, do I have to be furious at him? No, there's ups and downs. I mean, we, you know, but I'm probably going to be that way. And it, it, it could certainly be funny to be like, "Oh
0: my gosh, oh no!"
2: They, they asked our Dominic's Fresh Values card. You know, like uh, uh, that could be that could be funny. But in a way, it could also erode. The choices I made up to that point.
3: You think it could have been like a status shift, where maybe he became the, you, you became more of the paranoid.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I can certainly see that. I would have to see that scene to see if it was it would succeed or fail. But ninety nine times out of ten, me personally, do whatever you want. I didn't mean it like that, like, like, but like, <laughs> typically, I, I typically stay. I typically stay in my thing. Um, I, you know. Uh, I'd rather play what's probably true than what's could be true and perhaps some funny moments have gone by the wayside you know perhaps some scenes have not been as funny as they could have been but I don't want to do that math I've been in a million scenes I just I'm comfortable
3: <laughs> Great uh we got one here yeah. Um I was at a 3033 show a couple weeks ago and there was a table of uh drunk ladies that <laughs> yes. were you know making themselves part of the show Yes and you guys took that and you kind of did you played you became a group of guys that were trying to get with the ladies but yes. I, what i was wondering is what's your thought when that's happening like these people are kind of heckling they the,
2: the, a, a detail you omitted was that the show was people at a karaoke bar When suddenly their behavior is quite reasonable, quote unquote, uh, 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 in that regard, it's easy to fold that in. In fact, it's quite seamless. And in fact, it's it's, it's, that's 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 simple. That's that's easy to fold in people at a karaoke bar, you know, heckling or talking or whatnot. Um, Typically, again, I'm more of an afraid person. I'm more of a scared person. I'm more of a ignore them, and the house staff will take care of them. Hopefully, and if not, I won't do anything about it. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's my typical proclivity. Uh, uh, Do you get a little? You you say you're afraid, and and, uh,
1: what do you like when you're on stage? Are you in that state, or is it gone because now you're in a stage persona? Uh,
2: uh, It's gone a little bit. My whole—I hate being yelled at by superiors. That will crumble like a leaf.
1: How did you last at the Improv <laughs> Olympic with Sharna?
2: I, I barely. Okay. I, I, I did everything I could to keep that gun in the drawer. Right. And out of my mouth. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: because my experience, i worked there, she can yell. I mean, I'm scared of her, you yes. know?
2: I knew I would not do it forever, and I kind of, you know, signed that contract, deal with the devil at the crossroads, knowing that I would be breaking it at some point. Uh, 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 where I was in my life was exactly what I needed, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another question. Yeah. So uh, during the first part of the interview, you described yourself as cowardly and fearful and easily startled. But you played, for the most part of that scene, the high status character in the scene. Yep. Uh, is that difficult for you? And have you ever thought, well, why don't I? Why don't I play a high status version of Bill Arnett? Yes, but then it doesn't. It all falls apart. put <laughs> in life? Uh, uh it's not hard uh, i i like I like acting, I like doing these things you know, as weird as it is to be like, man, you studied engineering in college and now you're an improviser. I was the guy in k through twelve that loved do oral presentations. I loved oral presentation I was the one person who would volunteer to do oral presentations uh i i i uh, in in college, I was a terrible engineer uh my brain <laughs> works like that, but I, I'm, I'm I'm actually poor at math, When it, the math gets very complicated, I'm, I'm quite poor at it, but I, I, like, I like doing that, I like being on stage, I like doing these things, I, I had a, my last, one of my last classes in college, I did not graduate, uh, which is probably a good thing, uh, don't drive on my bridges, but it uh, <laughs> uh, was this senior project, Everybody had to build this device, build this thing, and, and, I, and I, I had taken the whole class and we had presentations at the end of class. Uh, and uh, I built my thing. I had gotten ready for my presentation. I-, I knew I wasn't going to go first. But we show up the day of class. And I know other people have PowerPoint presentations and slides and all kinds of things. that they're going to demonstrate their thing. And, of course, no one, volu- no one in this room of engineers-to-be volunteers to go first. So the teacher's like, let's go alphabetical. Hey, Arnett, you're up. And it's like, ugh. And I get up there. My thing I had built, which was you'd hook it up to your phone. It would block 900 numbers. It's completely useless nowadays. Uh, 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 but it hooked hook between the phone and, and the wall. And you tried to 900 number, It would hang up the phone. Ha ha. You know, great. Anyway, uh, it didn't even work. I got up there, dry erase board, drew some diagrams out. Didn't have any handouts, no flyers, no PowerPoint. And at the end, it was like the... The slow clap, and they were all clapping. It was like, Really? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? And I, and I, I passed the class, even though my thing never worked. But then you see other people's presentations, and they're like, uh, uh, This is a, a sensor in a bath, uh, bathroom. Uh, and it's like, I guess I did deserve that huge round of applause, you know? Why? why and and those, those moments where I'm like, Why am I an engineer? Why I had to be in front of people?
1: Why didn't you graduate? You were only fifteen hours short, and you you described it. It was sad that you didn't it was finish something that you horrifying. It was terrifying.
2: I again, I I I I I a good chunk of my life, I, I I lacked either other people giving me permission or myself giving myself permission to do these things. You're supposed to go to school and get a degree and get a job. That's what you that's what you do, and to, and to not do that is somehow immoral or something. So I had a hard time letting go of that. I, and I knew in my hearts of hearts that I loved acting and doing these things and, 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 and writing, but I just never gave myself permission to do Were you do going it. because that's what your mom expected you to do? She never said it. She never said, you better be an engineer. I put it all on myself. Now, she may have inadvertently, you know, she's I had a very, like, Totally June cleaver leave it to beaver kind of growing up it was wonderful and, and and completely pleasant but a, 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 a an unintended consequence of that might have been that well that's what you do when you grow up that's me seeing this leave to beaver world and saying well that's what I have to do
1: what is, when your dad does it at 13 what does she do does she want to make everything perfect like your dad?
2: She ended up, and, and, and I mean, I can't say enough about this. She was a school teacher just out of college and then was a homemaker and a wonderful, wonderful homemaker, amazing cook, and such a nice, entertaining person. She went back and got a job, you know, and got a job at the church doing the newsletter and things and ended up turning into this big thing. And she taught herself to use the computer and she taught herself to do all these She had never pumped gas herself. Up until that point, either dad would get gas, or she'd go to a full service station. Do they even have full service stations anymore? You know, there's one, like in the summer. Yeah, And I can't say how much my sisters and I were just so proud of her, you know, and just like she's she's really. And it, and it wasn't like turning her life around, like it was going in the wrong direction, but finding this new life, a new path for herself, uh, and that, that was that was really amazing. Uh, but no, she didn't try to f- fit candy coat anything. We're, we're, we're all, as a family, we're very good about being honest with our emotions.
1: Now, you've been teaching for 14 years, is that right? Yeah. What do you think uh, makes a really good improv class?
2: Class? A class. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy students with an open mind who don't have a... a a, a, a conception or a preconceived notion about what this class is supposed to be or it was, it was going to ha- or it was going to happen, and I, and I like students who aren't just trying to get right or get a, a pat on the back from me. I like students who roll some dice and, and let their personality out a little bit. You know, ultimately you go through class and it's like, you know do this, do that, I'm your teacher, you know, even in like engineering school or something, or, or, or architecture school, especially, Let's, that's great, architecture school, there's there's some math in architecture, you know, and math is, it's either wrong or it's, it's right, there's no between with math, you know, but eventually, as an architect, you would hope that they would start expressing themselves, and start, yeah, you know, math is math, and it's not going to change anything, and building codes are building codes. But can we can we express ourselves? And and I really enjoy the students, even if they're not good at expressing themselves, or even if they're not what they express is not very interesting. I, I enjoy when students really like try in that regard. How do you deal with a student that just isn't getting it? Well, there, there's the student who 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 gets it and can do it. The student who gets it but can't do it yet, hopefully, and the student who doesn't get it and, and can't do it. And, and the, the real danger is if the person who doesn't get it and can't do it is also very, very confident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 that student, depending on if, if their confidence you have to figure out where what their confidence is coming from and if you can channel that and and harness that in such a way that they can begin to accept that they have a lot to learn, uh, or you can just say, oh, that was great, next two, all right, who's, you know, and I hate to say ignore them, but some people have problems that I can't fix, Right.
1: (laughs) Uh, an occasionally... It's not an improv problem. Right. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe an adjustment of their medication. Or Certainly. start taking medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think, uh, when we started, there was basic rules and stuff. What do you think is, isn't being taught that was taught when we started?
2: Um, a distinction between style and technique. Which was trying to... In our breakdown of our scene, I was trying to make that distinction. That or, or th- this question about, did you think about when calling Dominoes to being, you know, like, oh no, they want your Dominic's Fresh Values mm-hmm. card number. And it's like, you know, technique-wise, there's nothing wrong, you know, yes and, and there's nothing, but it's this question of style. And, and that's not right or wrong, you know. Uh, you take a class from someone like Susan Messing or, or work with Jet Evelet or someone like that, and then you go take a class from Noah Gregoropoulos or, or Miles Strath, anyone who's at you know Los Angeles, it's like, Who's right? They're so different. And, you know. And, and going through classes, no one ever sat me down and been like, yes, they are different. And it's not that, well, they're, they're just two points of view aiming at the same point. It's like, no, they're aiming at two different points. And that's fine. That is fine. That is a stylistic choice. Me choosing to not start our scene with a follow-me initiation, ah, look, picking up your dry cleaning, as opposed to just silently closing the door, that is a choice of style. And, I, I, and we can't say one is right or one is wrong. Uh, what kind of show do you want to have? How long? Do you want to do 20 scenes in 20 minutes or one scene in 20 minutes? And who's to say one is right or wrong? One's better. When when I was starting, playing as fast as you could was considered... That was the cool thing to do. You know what I'm saying? That was the, the just... Faster, Peter, funnier. Bam, in, funny, out, right. Did it. And, and, and a show like Trio, which... In that context, was illegal. Uh, Trio was a show that started in ninety eight. That was probably like TJ and Dave today. Yeah, like TJ and Dave, just two people, three actors playing something slow in a world of we've got ten people on our team and we play as fast as we possibly can. That was like heresy, you know. Uh, uh, And 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 I just wished (laughs) teachers or somebody would say. That's fine. It's style, man. It's all style. Who's to say, you know, rock and roll and country music? almost the same instruments. You know what I'm saying? But someone get up here I don't play guitar, but they could they could just give me two or three quick strums and we can identify the genre on the same instrument, you know? So I think I think it would be good for all of us to take some ownership of our personal style and 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 worry less about well, everyone teaches a different thing and just kind of find your own thing. It's like, no no no, there's there's two or three dis- discrete styles, and this is how you... you know, there's two or three discrete genres, and this is how you, you play them. As opposed to saying, it's all just one big thing, and we'll just all have some fun, and pick, t- pick what you want from each teacher. Okay, and I'm off my soapbox. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have another question? No. Yes? No. Okay. okay. All right.
1: Um, I, think, I, I think that's a good place to end, don't you? Sure, yeah. Bill Arnett, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> And there you have it. Another improv nerd is in the can. Can you believe it? I can't. I, no, I really, I honestly, I can't believe it. Uh, I was going about to, to number it and say what number it was. But as you know, somebody like me uh, isn't good with numbers and screws it up. So we are just good. We title them now. And this is titled The Bill Arnett Episode. Uh, we'd like to thank our guest, Bill Arnett, for being on The Bill Arnett. Uh, episode. It makes it easy, doesn't it? As well as the good people here at Stage 773 in Chicago, our home base, the people who treat us like a rock star. I want to thank my producer, as always, Ben Caprero. He's the guy who makes it sound so slick, so professional. Without Ben, you wouldn't be hearing my voice right now. Uh, And and because you're smart people, you've already figured this out anyways, so I I don't even know why I'm going to mention it, but I'm going to do it anyways. We're on FeralAudio.com and we're not alone on FeralAudio.com. There's a, a lot of other great podcasts. It's a podcast collective. It's a cornucopia of podcasts. People like Chelsea Peretti, you might have heard of her. Uh, Steve Agee, you might have heard of him. Todd Berry, how about him? You hear, hear, hear of him? Uh, they're all on that. And if you like what we do on Improv Nerd, uh, go to Feral Audio and find.com, of course, and find that Donate button. You don't have to look hard for it, and and donate some money to us because we really could we we'd really appreciate it. We'll, we'll do nice things with it, like buy uh, toothpaste and toilet paper and soap and stuff like uh, for the Improv Nerd headquarters, which is my which is actually my house. um If you want more information about me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning classes, The Art of Slow Comedy, uh, and my—oh, I love this—my Improv Nerd Blog, which gives you tips not only offstage as well as onstage— to becoming a better improviser. There's wonderful, wonderful uh, blogs, so check that out. Uh, And all all you have to do is go to jimmycorain.com. It doesn't cost you anything to do it, uh, and it makes me feel good. If you want me to come to your improv theater or your college to do uh, a live improv nerd show and teach workshops, just contact me at jimcorain at gmail.com. And of course, this is the part where I beg, please, please, please like Our Improv Nerd Facebook page, it really helps with my low self-esteem. And of course, I can't forget about you, the people that are listening to this podcast right now. And some of you actually send emails and Facebook messages saying how much Improv Nerd means to to you, and it's like getting a class. So uh, we couldn't do it without you, and I want to thank you as well. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run.
0: He's a nerd, he's a nerd, oh yeah, Jim is a nerd, he's
3: a nerd. Hello.